Have you ever been sitting in a regional airport getting ready to board a small plane? Look over to the person next to you is holding a classic business briefcase in their lap. They put their thumbs on the two latches and pull them apart so that the lid opens up. And inside the briefcase is a Danielle Steele novel and a hard-boiled egg. I have, because that's what happened to me in Redmond, Oregon, this past week. Welcome to the Pete the Planner Show, everyone. Hello, Kristen, hello. Hello, that's incredible. It was so weird. Like, And again, I just an observation. I, I shouldn't say it's weird, because that seems super rude, but it was unusual, unusual. Open it up. You know that, that click sound on those old briefcases? Oh, yeah. They're like... It opens up Daniel Steele novel, which is like a Harlequin, uh, I think, right? It's like a romance. She yeah, yeah. the backside as, you know, like those sorts of things. <laughs> and then a hard boiled egg. And mm -hmm. uh, the person squeezed the egg, was, the shell was still on it, squeezed it, sort of came off in one piece. The trash can was next to us, dropped it in, and then just popped the whole egg in their mouth, opened up the book, and it was just chewing yolk and reading love. That's vile. It was gross. Um, I will also say <laughs> there were two, there were two hard boiled egg incidents on the road this week. Um, at another airport, I think this was in Salt Lake City, uh, a, a guy ate six hard boiled eggs at the gate. And I know that a hard boiled egg is like a power food, you know, but I, I was thinking, God, I, I hope I don't sit next to this gentleman. Because that could get foul, right? That's that's aggressive. Six eggs. Six eggs. So six hard boiled. I'm like, this guy clearly doesn't have a cholesterol issue, or does he? <laughs> uh, Kristen Dame is not here this week. He is on his uh, well, he's on his rewards trip. Dame's been here five years. Here at your money line, you're here for five years. We we kick you out. No, we send you on a nice little vacation. So Dame is on his uh, rewards trip. Uh, I think I don't know where they went. We'll let him tell us where they went. Although there could be bears there. That's all I know. That is true. My biggest fear. Kristen, have you ever seen a bear in the wild? Yes, I have. And I literally did the thing that you're not supposed to do when you see a bear in the wild. Sing it a lullaby. <laughs> I no, literally, no. I literally, I wasn't running. But I might as well have been running. You ran You're from not. a bear? I did. I did. In a very, very, very remote area in Lake Tahoe, California. Oh, I've been to Lake Tahoe. <laughs> Was that the Beautiful. point of the story? To just tell us what sort of luxurious no. vacations you go on? No, no, no. That's a warning for one of our coworkers who is going to Lake Tahoe. Just watch for bears, man. Oh, I don't even know who this is. Um, I... I feel like I've had very like uncertain encounters with bears. Uh, we were on the way to South Carolina last year and we were in North Carolina and we think we saw a bear on the side of the road going through some garbage, but we're not sure. Like it was one of those peripheral vision. We're going 70 miles an hour. Was that a bear? <laughs> was it a rock? No one knows. And then honestly, when I was in Oregon this past week, th this is crazy. Okay. So uh, uh, it's about three in the morning, two in the morning. I hear just this roaring 
and I'm, I'm in the woods in Oregon. I'm in Bend, Oregon. And I'm like, I feel like that is a bear roaring. <laughs> but then I was so tired. It's also possible. This is not a joke, by the way. It's also possible that the, no. the room next to me, the walls were so thin, it was just a very large man snoring. <laughs> like, it was equal, equal possibility there. Yeah, that's valid. How you doing? You had a good dinner party last week. I know you were hosting a dinner party. And it went well. I did. It went very well. So I, uh, I love to host. It stresses me out, but I also love to put unnecessary stress on myself. It's one of my favorite things. So I had a blast. I love to have people over. Mrs. Planner doesn't share that same, <laughs> um, uh, preference. So we don't have a lot of people over, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I like it because it keeps me accountable to making sure that my house is really clean because you always sure. want to be on your best behavior when other people are coming over. So I like to kind of use it as accountability if I'm feeling like, man, I do not want to do this. Well, I'm now having dinner on Saturday at my house. So now I have to. Uh, Kristen, I may be in a good mood next week on the show because the big Soccer tournament is this weekend. My girls, my 14-year-old girls going to oh. try to win the Challenge Cup. I'm very excited. Wonderful. I thought so, you were going to tell me. I thought you were going to tell me it was like some like national or like world tournament that I should know about. And I was like, oh, this is about to be so embarrassing. I thought you were going to like quiz me. But whew, uh, we're no, good. I'm excited just, for them. Just my 14-year-old girls. All right, Kristen, this is a financial show. Um, and so right. let's do financial things. First segment, we're going to call Pete and Kristen react to tweets about money. It feels like sort of a tired thing where we react to tweets, but I will say there's these two, uh, tweets are interesting and we have thoughts. And so we will just share different perspectives based off of these tweets that I, I want to, I don't want to say they went viral cause that's weird too. They just like people saw them and people reacted and we're going to react. Uh, then we're going to talk about uh, housing. 66% uh, of people apparently think that uh, uh, owning a home is uh, hopeless. Uh, these are renters that believe that. Uh, third segment. What do we say? That th oh, third one's my column, right? We're going to do my column. Is that mm -hmm. what you're doing? Yes. Okay, from this yes. week. And then uh, Boam and News. Obviously, Dame is out this week. Um, probably riding a bear. <laughs> I don't know. All right, Chris, you want to do this thing? Suppose suppose uh let me set up the clock here oh podcasters hello podcasters oh we are very close to the 500th episode actually let me see yes. what we're on right now do you know what we're on i do not know but on your spreadsheet you said go figure i have a spreadsheet huh <laughs> really uh we're on four uh this would be this episode is 495 Oh, Ooh. getting so close. It's so close that we're absolutely going to forget when it's episode 500. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. I'm not going to remember. Um, okay. Here we go. In three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com. And here's what will happen. Occasionally, we'll answer your question on the air. Occasionally, it'll get stuck in spam, and you'll just think we don't care about you. 
And occasionally we, we don't care and we just want to answer it. Uh, joining me as uh, generally all the time, Kristen Alanius, Director of Education at Your Money Line. That's still your title, right? It is still my title. Thank you. Fantastic. Good to be with you again. Damian Dunn is on sabbatical this week. Fancy vacation. <laughs> um, okay, Kristen, uh, here's what's on the show this week. We are going to do uh, uh, Pete and Kristen, P and K, React to tweets. Ooh. I don't know what that is. Second segment, we're going to talk about how renters are feeling like the idea of home ownership is a hopeless endeavor. And then third in the show, we're going to talk about my Indianapolis Business Journal column this week that I actually feel really good at. Kristen, you know, from time to time, I create these metrics and scales and these different things. And sometimes they're good. Sometimes they aren't. The game we're going to play today is, is this a good one? It's a new one. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I sent it through the Slack channel, that article. Did you happen to read it? Yes, I did. Well, I, I skimmed it. Is that oh, bad? Boy. Thanks. Yeah, I think so. Um, all right. So let's get started. Kristen, there were two tweets this week that, that we want to discuss that we saw. Mm -hmm. And by the way, we, I mean, not me because I'm not on Twitter. Uh, what is the first uh, claim that someone made? Uh, this is a financial person made this claim on Twitter. Yes. This person's actually a CFP and oh. said, yeah, and said, quote, so fancy. Quote, I'm definitely oversimplifying, but for most people, if you save 20% of your gross income, you don't need a budget. Spend the rest. Okay, so the person definitely is oversimplifying, but it's okay because sometimes when you give advice to the sure. masses, Kristen, you have learned um, oh, yeah. you have to oversimplify. And we've talked about this in the show, and you are going to. Uh, hit the wrong audience with that piece of advice and it will not apply to them. Um, yeah. But what do you think about the merits of this one? I do appreciate this content creator getting out in front of it and being like, hey, this, you know, maybe this won't apply to you. But I also don't think that it's applicable to enough people for it to be like shouted to the masses. And maybe that was ultimately the goal is to just stir, stir traffic around the topic. But I don't, I think that it oversimplifies not just your financial health, but us as people. I just think that we need more structure than that to hit our goals or to optimize our life. And truthfully, coming from a CFP, that's why it was so surprising to me is I feel like financial professionals tend to say, okay, let's come up with a plan for this and this and this and this. And it's like, oh, do we need all of this? And then here we have someone just like totally scaling that back on something that I feel is a pillar of financial health. I mean, look, I do love distilling down really complex things into very bite-sized pieces. This one, I think I disagree with too. And again, I it's just a perspective opinion thing. The person mm -hmm. could be right. I could be wrong. I'll just give you my wrong opinion though. Um, <laughs> we, we like around here 12 to 14% of gross minimum just for long-term savings. Right. Okay. So, so that's the long-term savings. Um, and look, I don't want stability and financial health only when I'm 59 and a half years old. I, I want some stability and financial health both now and five years from now, even though it looks like I'm 54 and a half years old. Uh, and so I have an issue with that because I think it shorts out the short-term and mid-term savings goals. That's where I end up having an issue with it. Where, where's your issue exactly? Oh my gosh, your audio went out. Did you just mute yourself, Kristen? Oh my gosh, I cannot hear you. What an awkward moment. 
What an awkward moment. All right. We will try to get your sound back. I cannot hear you. Uh, that is okay. Uh, are you back? All right. Here's what you'll do. You reset. You come back. I'll continue the idea here. So here's the challenge. I like 10% of your income to go to short and midterm savings. We love 12 to 14% to go to long-term savings. Uh, and, and the other factor here in this, with, with this piece of information, it doesn't account Do you have a two income household, a one income household or anything in the like. Uh, we talked about it before. Uh, we want to simplify your financial life. I, I love the idea. Again, I've, I've given some pretty simple things. I like the idea that 25% of your income goes towards housing. That's, that's take-home pay. I like that no more than 15% of your income goes towards transportation. But we also, at the same time, when we give that piece of advice, we acknowledge the fact that it's entirely possible it doesn't apply to you. You may live in an area that's in virtually impossible to have 25% of your income goes towards housing. You may live in a, in a scenario in which you should absolutely not have 15% of your income go to transportation. It should be closer to five based on what's going on in your life. So that is always the challenge of a financial life is these rules of thumb are sometimes not applicable. I will also note the reverse can be true. You often hear uh, from people like us that you should hit the match at all times. You should hit the employer match. While we agree with that, there's what comes after that statement where people often forget. If you only hit the match, if you only contribute up to your 401k where your employer stops contributing, you will not accomplish your financial goals. And if you say things like, well, I'm just gonna hit the match until I take care of this, you still will not hit your financial goals. That's why that 12 to 14% is so important as opposed to a big gross 20% number. Kristen is efforting her way back into the show right now. These are, this is the nature of live radio. Uh, sometimes you, you drop off and the other person stammers around. Now, another piece of advice came in and what we'll do is we'll make it the, the next segment here. Another, piece, uh, another tweet that we saw this week was a pretty aggressive checklist on whether or not uh, you should be a homeowner. Uh, there, there is no doubt. There is absolutely no doubt that homeownership is a lot harder than it used to be. Uh, but some of these, uh, so, some of these factors uh, that that is reported here today as to as to what makes you eligible to uh, own a home, uh, we think we, we think they're a tad bit aggressive. Now, we did get uh, an email in that we'll cover here today at askpete at petetheplanner.com. Someone emailed us and it said, uh, uh, dear Pete, not a question, but thought I would, you would want to see this. Oh, well, great. So uh, thanks for sending a thought. Uh, good day, sir. Pete, at the end of episode 492, which uh, was three episodes ago, I was feeling a bit left out as you teased up some hilarious Carmelite nonsense from your trip the, to England. I wanted to let you know that there might be a tiny market of people, myself included, that would be willing to pay uh, a negligible amount of money for a subscription to the show if you told these very insightful Carmelite things. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I will not do that. Kristen joins us back on the show. Hello, Kristen. Hopefully Kristen has audio. Kristen has audio. Kristen, Yay. read the tweet. Thank you for that comment, Aaron. Uh, read the second tweet for us, if you would, please. 
Sure. The second tweet, should I buy a house, a checklist? The items are, will I live here for 10 plus years? Okay. Is the total monthly housing cost lower than 28% of gross monthly income? Have I saved 20%? Am I okay if the value goes down? Am I excited about buying? Okay, so let's just tackle these on their merits, and then we will probably bleed into the next segment here. Let's start with the 10 years thing. That's pretty aggressive. That's pretty aggressive. I've always liked the five-year marker. 10 would suggest that you're you're going to go through two market swings. Do you think 10 is too aggressive? I don't think people stay in houses for 10 years anymore. It's too much. Well, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't. I mean, it's a different True. issue. True. Yeah, I mean, if this person is saying to do it in a perfect world, 10 years is great, but I, do, I agree with you. It is unrealistic. Let's do this. Let's take a break. Coming up after the break, we're going to comb through the rest of the list. A, a very distilled homeowner's checklist that's next right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. You know, you get the pay, paid the big bucks around here to um, know what to do when things go wrong. And that's my job. Oddly enough, you know, I had to fill some space there. I didn't love my performance. I, I did not touch anything. I have no idea what happened. I'm not worried about it. Uh, I am I am frustrated with my own performance there, though. So I'm sorry. I will do better next time. No, don't apologize. I will do. I I am sorry. I will do better next time. That is okay. amateur hour right there for me. <laughs> um, all right, let's come back. Let's just do the rest of it. Uh, Jason makes a really good point that I'll probably steal. Uh, I think people who got two to three percent rate mortgages are going to stay in their houses for ten plus years. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And here, by here, here's the other thing. And I guess maybe I should save it for there. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, Kristen, because I'm going to forget and you can just remind me what my brilliant point was. <laughs> okay. uh, with interest rates so high, why commit to staying in that home for 10 years um, when it may not make sense if interest rates are going to come back down? I know that can be a refinance thing and all that. It's just It just seems weird to commit for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good advice because it's he's right, but it's just right. so unrealistic. It's good medicine. That's what I like to tell people. Like, good medicine is good medicine. But am I? are people going to take it? <laughs> no. <laughs> is it a good idea to give my wife a foot rub for 30 minutes every night? Yes. Do I do it? No. No. <laughs> right. It's a great idea. Brilliant idea. Can't no. execute on it. That's valid. I like the metaphor. Maybe not. Maybe she won't. Um, okay. <laughs> So let's come back and hit that. Um, and let's hope we can hear Kristen throughout the show so you don't get to see my Sorry. Uh, just remedial effort to kill time. <laughs> it was bad. I went to the email. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I had a while to do this. Oh, I just got an email from Aaron. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Oh, no. Okay, neat. Um, in three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show, joined by the very audible Kristen Alanius. Kristen, you were just reading a tweet that suggested that a person, uh, in order to feel comfortable buying a home, they should commit to living there for 10 years. They mm-hmm. should make sure their payment is no larger than 28% of their gross income. Mm-hmm. They want to put 20% down. Uh, they want to be a homeowner, and it, what's the what are the other two like qualitative ones? They if they're okay if the value goes down. Yeah, I mean, okay, <laughs> okay. So let's or we we're back to the ten year thing. You and I think it's a good idea, but it's just unrealistic. 
Yeah, I don't think it's realistic at all. Here's why I think it's unrealistic. Um, who in the world knows the next 10 years of their life when they're in their 20s? Bingo. So is the person saying, hey, by the way, when you're in your 20s, don't buy a home? Yeah, our life circumstances change all the time. And even if you get, okay, so let's say you have kids in your younger 20s and then you say, okay, well, 30s, this is going to be the year that we're going to stay. Like, okay, what happens when like your family dynamic change if a kid moves out or if you have a boomerang kid? Like life is just, not, I don't, I know, I know it's an oversimplification and I'm kind of feeding into it, but it is, it's just too simple. Maybe this episode should be called The Danger with over distilled financial advice. I like that. Yeah, I think it fits. The second factor, and I, I think we could actually debate this one for a little bit. I don't know where you stand on this. 28% of gross income, that your payment is no more than 28% of gross income. Um, I don't know if you know this, Kristen, but the ideal household budget created by Pete the Planner is based off of net income mm -hmm. because I feel like making your payment based off your gross income makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Yeah, it doesn't take into consideration other goals. It doesn't take into consideration what am I saving for retirement? What do I need to be putting in some emergency savings and intermediate goal that I might have? I just prefer to look at take home, like what's in my pocket and then how much is that going to squeeze my monthly budget? On, on top of this, think about this for a moment. Let's say you live in a high sales, uh, pardon me, a high state income tax state, okay? Mm -hmm. A high one. And you also have bad coverage, health insurance coverage, or expensive health insurance coverage through your employer, and you're saving a lot, and you happen to have some other thing that you're deferring your paycheck to, and you go off the gross number, that's unrealistic. It's terribly unrealistic. By going off of net, take home pay, what hits your account, you're much more accurately to feel how your lifestyle and your choices impact each other. Now, I do know that banks, they look at your gross, but then they also look at your obligations off of your gross. But mm -hmm. just simply looking off your gross without looking at the obligations, it's just, it's bad. It's bad medicine. <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> you said med good medicine earlier. I wanted to be cool. I don't know what that uh, means, but it sound you sounded so cool saying it. Uh, well, I appreciate that. Um, I do like though, I don't want to be like, exclusively negative with respect to this tweet, but I do really like the 28% I think still pulls people down from what we're currently collectively spending on housing. And I do think it's important to remember that like, just because you can get a loan for a higher amount of your monthly income doesn't mean that you should, um, doesn't mean that you should try and grow into a mortgage payment, all these things that we say all the time. So and I know that people on the coast tend to get really upset when we say things like that, but I still think it's true. That's fair. Um, after we disclose this last element of this tweet, I have a secret I'm going to share with you, Kristen, that has just occurred to me. Oh, no. Um, so the next one is that a 20% down payment. Kristen, that's a lot of money. And again, what we are saying again is this tweet suggests that no one in their 20s is buying a home. No, absolutely not. The median home price is like 400 and some thousand now or something like that. Like, no, I, I have a hard time believing that 20% is realistic. I also think that I like the principle of, hey, save 20% of your income, prove that you can break dependence on your income because homeownership will force you to do that. But I don't 
think that it has to necessarily be in the form of a down payment. And full disclosure, I did not put 20% down on my house for that very reason. Because I don't necessarily think that you have to. You know, every once in a while, someone <laughs> will give you a recipe online and you'll make the recipe and you'll realize that it doesn't have the right amount of baking soda. It, the, the actual chemistry of the recipe is nonsense. It, it can't succeed. This tweet cannot succeed. And here's why. If you are taking 28% of your income to go towards housing and you've not factored in what's coming out of your paycheck before it, it, it hits your bank account, in order to have the retirement stability one must have, there's no way to save 20% down payment while you were in your 20s. You also can't actually commit to living someone for 10 years early in your career. It doesn't, like none of this actually sticks together. In a perfect world, in a vacuum of which I'm taller and have hair and smell better, is it possible? Yeah, of course it's possible. But this is why I want to reveal a secret to you, Kristen. Oh no. Uh, it's a good secret. Maybe. You can find a tweet, I promise you. Don't take the time to do it because it's silly. You can find a tweet of mine probably 10 years ago in which I gave very similar advice, but here's what mine was. 25% of take-home pay, five years, 10% down payment. Your boy <laughs> distilled down the same thing, but he did it in a way that actually makes sense. And the thing is, I believe the down payment is an incredibly important function and mechanism within the process of buying a house. And it's not to have a lower payment. It's to show that you have the muscle to accumulate funds because in order to be a homeowner successfully, you're constantly going to get kicked in the shorts with expenses and maintenance. And if you're not the person that can rub two nickels together, you're in trouble. The 20% is just silly. I know it's meant to avoid PMI, but there's so many other ways to avoid PMI. Kristen, I know that arguably I'm your employer. I, I do know that I technically I am your employer. I mean, if we really went and looked to it, if we looked at the paycheck, I believe my signature is somehow on there. But I will note this. Is it? Might be. I don't know if I I don't it. know. <laughs> well, look at this. But my guidelines are a lot better than this person's guidelines. Yes. And by the way, I follow my own guidelines. At, at some time, I put 10% down. And then I did I did a 80-10-10, as they used to call it in the biz, which was an 80% loan. Uh, a 10% loan and a 10% down payment. And it worked out just fine. Yeah. I, I think the thing to drive away from what you just said there is it's about proving that you can flex that saving muscle. I don't want the takeaway from this to be like, oh yeah, you can put a really small amount down. Well, and meet the other criteria. Well, you still need to be able to save as you go as well. So if you're putting less down, it has to be in lieu of another like big goal that's moving your financial health forward or something that's also contributing to power percentage. It can't just be like, well, I want to keep the money and use it for whatever I want. I always, I hate to make this segment about how hard it is to give advice to the masses, but it's really hard. And this person who retweeted this, by the way, is has a much larger platform than I have. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, this person has a Netflix show. I just disagree. I mean, that's okay. Right. It's it's so hard to give people advice and you can even come at it with like the other tweet that we looked at that was like, I'm definitely oversimplifying. And then you're still going to have people like us who are going to, you know, break it over the coals. But that's, that is what's so hard is you can put all of these 
if, ands, or buts in front of it, but to just give advice like some of us try to do or like we do, it's just, it's not easy. I would also like to say, sometimes these big oversimplified advice, people don't check their privilege at the door. Yes. And, and, and like the idea that let's say you grew up in a, a one parent household and you are a first generation college student, all of the things we've just described, you're not a homeowner until you're 40 in mm -hmm. under most circumstances. And so I think it's unrealistic advice that is not helpful to people who did not grow up in an ideal situation off the soapbox onto <laughs> my advice uh, from this week's newspaper column. Well, Kristen will tell us whether it's good or not. That's next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Kristen's co-host. Look, I, I've never really consumed that person's content in mass. I, I just haven't. I, I've read a couple things, tweets or maybe an article. But I've always really respected the person. I, 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 other than the tagline, I don't love. Um, but I respect their approach, you know. And mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't respect the, you know, the tag, you know yes. what I mean by the tagline? Yes. I, I think that's gross, but <laughs> yes, I, I, I really like the person's demeanor. Mm -hmm. I just so disagree with, with that. Yeah. I don't know. What do you, how, do you have a feeling on this person? I, I know this is so weird people. Like we're just trying to be honest. Like the person's <laughs> probably great. They're doing their best and they've helped millions of people. They've helped millions of people. I just, I don't know. I just think they missed the target on this. I think on this, because I've seen other um, like videos that people have shared of this person speaking that I've been like, yep, I subscribe to that. So I just think that maybe on this one, it was a miss. Um, but that to your point, I don't know what my temperature is like overall of being like, yeah, I feel like we're in the same lane or I feel like we're not because I think most of my exposure to this point has been in maybe a subsector of the way they talk. I don't know if that's how this person presents themselves all the time. So it's like, it like middle school. Like we're not giving <laughs> the person's name. I, I also want to, you know, here, I want to say a thing and then I will say the person's name. Um, I have absolutely put advice and guides out there that has missed the mark. And I encourage anyone, whether they have a higher or low pro lower profile than we do here to criticize it. And, and I would love to, to get better and not give weird advice sometimes. Um, but I don't know this one. It's the, I, I will teach you to be rich person. Mm -hmm. What I, how does the, what's the person's name? Ramit. Ramit. Uh, great work. Very successful. Big. I was gonna say big fan. That's insincere. I, I think the person's great, I, but I don't know much about them, but that just misses the mark. Um, and I've discussed this before and we are veering way off topic. <laughs> to be in the public and to be in the media and to feel like you need to stay relevant is a, is an unbelievable pressure. It just, it just is. And there's, there's a couple different paths you can go. One is to make constantly bolder and bolder statements, mm -hmm. hot takes that, 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 that are provocative. The other, and it's the path that I've chosen to take. And so of course it's the one I agree with is to try to become more realistic and try to become more down to earth and stay more down to earth. And look, I hope there's not a point in time, honestly, that I cross over to unrealistic and not down to earth, but, uh, and I'll, I'll stop this when I do, but I, I, I want to be more understanding of why people can't as opposed to harder on the people who say they can't.
Yeah, I think I fully agree with that take. And there's another content creator on uh, TikTok who does not subscribe to that idea. And I just have a really hard time. They're becoming like pretty popular in the space. And I just have I just have a really hard time with it. And I don't think I get it. It's a, it's this thing that drives algorithm and drives views. And I just I don't think that it's it makes us collectively better. So. Oh, Kristen, I just got a payout from the videos I posted eight years ago on Udemy. U-D-E-M-Y. Have you heard of Udemy? No. It's like one of those sites where you can go and learn anything. And like years and years and years ago, we put a series of videos out there. And someone has taken a course of mine and I just received. Like a royalty check? Yeah. <laughs> I just received $3.34. Now, will the I will teach you to rich be rich guy like that? I, I, I he taught me how to do that. He taught me how to do that. Mm -hmm. I, again, dude, not that he's not consuming us unless he he's got the old uh, uh, comb the Internet for my name being said. Uh, he's not going to hear that, that crappy little joke of mine. I also don't care. OK, uh, good work, buddy. Uh, uh, that was to both you and him. Thank Chris. you. Chris. Mm. Hmm. Oh, why did I open that? Okay. We're going to talking about uh, content that sucks. We're now going to do my column uh, okay. for this week. I like this one. I, this one sort of hit me. It was on an airplane. Uh, it made sense to me. So we're going to please be, uh, please be honest and critical if you can. Okay. Can you do that? Uh, sure. All right. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Okay. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready. Ready. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Kristen, I write a newspaper column, uh, amongst other places, the Indianapolis Business Journal. It's a journal with business topics in the Indianapolis area. It's named pretty appropriately then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I... And, and this week's column really was, uh, this is my 25th year, officially this month, my 25th year in the financial business, which is, uh, I'm a quarter century. <laughs> oh. Heck, man. <laughs> You're barely 25. I was going to say, I uh, yep, that's not good, yeah. So what I love about this business, and it actually plays into what we just talked about, is the further I get into it, the the more I realize how complex things are, that they're not actually simple. And so early on in my career, I'd give hot take advice in which I just really simplify things and like, yeah. And then the older I've gotten, I started to realize like, man, you know, this is a little bit more complicated than you think. And so there's one peculiarity that I've noticed that I still struggle to get my head around. And I believe this to be true. And it just blows my mind. And it's this. A pay raise. A pay raise is more likely to make your retirement goals harder as opposed to easier. And that is a mind-blowing realization over the last 25 years for me. Is that when a person gets a raise, that raise will likely lead to retirement being harder for them then easier for them. And I would love to walk you through it. So Kristen, you are nearer the beginning of your personal finance journey than me. At first glance, I give you the phrase, you didn't fake like your sound went out, did you? Well, what do you think about it? 
I, I, so far I really love it because one of my favorite things to say kind of internally is when you need less, you need less. So if you live a simpler life, if you have a lower income, we talk about this on the show sometimes where we have someone who's like, you know, trying to pay off that mortgage, right? As they're trying to, you know, get social security checks, you are like, well, the beauty of this is that you're used to having like this squeeze on your monthly budget. And like, like I said, you and Dame more than the three of us have, have talked about that a lot. So I think when you need less, you need less. Can you do that with anything like I like cheese. <laughs> I like cheese. No. Could you do that with anything? I feel like that's not the same. I brushed my teeth this morning. I brushed my teeth this morning. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Not the same. I'm sorry. Okay. So here's uh, so so I want to. There's a couple things we need to get out of the way to to discuss this appropriately. First off, if you don't get a pay increase that is equal to inflation rate, mm -hmm. then uh, that's that's super problematic, right? Like we we at least need you to get up there. So I'm talking any compensation boost or promotion for that matter above the rate of inflation. Now, in the last couple of years, this has certainly you know pulled us uh, in, into a, a a a fit of attention. Like we're like, oh oh my gosh, inflation. In previous years, two to three percent was much easier to stomach. But but here's where I think my point begins to make sense. Okay. So I want everyone right now to think about all the stuff and the categories of stuff in their life. Okay. So Kristen, I want you to think about the quality of car you drive and what you spend on it, the quality of food you buy and what you spend on it, the type of vacations and what you spend on it. And I want you to put them on a scale of one to five. At one is inexpensive, low quality. And at five is expensive and high quality. My assertion is this, is that at the beginning of your career, which we're going to call the baseline, you have to make decisions about what you're buying and how you're spending money on this, this quality of stuff scale, one to five. So for instance, uh, you might have a three level TV, a two level car, a two-level wardrobe, a two-level home expenditure, and a one-level food and drink relationship, okay? So that, that, that's your base level. And on top of that, you have a certain amount of money you set aside for short and long-term goals, which hopefully is more than 20% of your gross income, <laughs> okay, right? So, so are, we, are we level set so far, my friend? I think I know where you're going with this. I think I understand. We're good. Okay, so then as things change, sometimes just taste, Sometimes just understanding yourself, like maybe you got to switch to a more expensive deodorant because the one you were buying, which is a level one, irritated you. Or maybe you find a, a better conditioner for your skin or whatever. It's just like these things are a quality of life or trash bags that don't rip. And so you go from a one to a two and then you're like, you know what? I like wine. So now I'm going to spend two or three or I don't want to go to Champaign, Illinois for vacation. I want to go to Chicago, Illinois. So you go from a two to a three. And so all of these things happen. And all of a sudden you realize that it's your pay increase, which, which makes the, the natural ones like, hey, my deodorant stinks. I need a new one. That's a smelly joke. Uh, and also I want a better car. It starts to eat up whatever gains you make. 
And so you get into this point in time of that the reason you can't actually successfully retire is because more of your income is used to create a dependency on all of these obligations as opposed to creating equality within your financial baseline, which is how much you're saving towards your short-term and long-term goals. Now, Kristen, I know this is a very complex concept <laughs> that I was able to capture in 737 words. <laughs> but does this, is this tracking or are you calling BS on this? No, I am tracking with it. I also would like to push the point a little bit further maybe and say that is it not just about quality, but I think quantity of consumption enters the chat as well. When you think about when you were at the beginning of your career, I think we tend to pay attention to things like um, the temperature in the house for the AC bill, or we pay attention to the, like, again, the temperature for the gas bill. I think that quantity is part of that conversation as well. When you have that comfort and you increase your income, you're like, we can afford to turn the thermostat down, or we can afford to do these other things. I'm totally on board. I think I have a really old guy hot take that I, that's, that's about to come out of my lips. Wonderful. Okay. So there are things that I like that also happen to be branded. Like I wear a lot of tech vests, like a tech mm -hmm. bro. I wear Patagonia <laughs> vests and I like it. I like the quality. Uh, do I like the fact that the patch is there? I would say no, but I don't know. Um, maybe I do. But if, if someone is buying branded things because it's the branded thing, and they have to pay a lot for that. And am I talking Louis bags? I don't know. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> How much of that? I mean, so you're going from, I need something to carry my stuff into, I'm paying a six on the five scale to carry my stuff. That seems problematic. It, it does seem problematic. And I think that one of another uh, takeaway or another parallel I would like to draw is I asked the question years ago, I was like, how much money do you have to have to feel like it's no big deal to fly first class all the time? Is that on this? Is that on this scale too? Like the plane's going to get there, man. I, can we do a whole segment on that next week? Okay, sure. Can we? Because I, yeah. I, I I have thoughts. Needless to say, <laughs> needless to say, I have thoughts and I will share those on that. Um, can I go back to the purse thing for a half second? Like yes. the idea that there are counterfeit purses <laughs> and counterfeit Rolexes, mm -hmm. I feel like that illustrates my point. You know, I, I feel like that illustrates the point that it's like, this isn't about the quality. Right. It's about the appearance of the quality, which means you're going up to five on the scale for, for no reason. For the appearance, I guess. I see. I told you these are old guy hot takes. But anyway, <laughs> if you want to read the column, go to ibj.com. Subscribe to the IBJ. I feel like I have to say that contractually. That's fair. I could. I don't think I can repost the articles for free on our blog. That's probably not allowed. No. <laughs> I think that's a copyright infringement. All right, let's do this. Coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week. And the news, Kristen, you're reading the news this week since Dame's on uh, his little getaway. I That's sure am. Next on the Pete the Planner Show, I'm Pete the Planner. I have lots of opinions on first class. Same. Do you want to do them now? <laughs> well, no, we, we promised the radio audience. I feel bad when we... 
you know, sometimes when we do that, where there's not continuity in the show, like we'll either bring up something on the radio that we talked about on the pod and then <laughs> or vice versa. That. And it feels bad. We do do that. Do do. Um, you know, I had another bubbling hot take start to, to appear this week. Again, the more travel I do, the more I just get annoyed at things. And then, and then that's where hot takes happen. And it became like the, no, I'm actually not going to go into it. It's so offensive. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll tell you off there. The show within the show within the show. Oh, yes. What, Danza? There are plant-based Reese's cups. Aren't peanuts plants? <laughs> yeah, but it's going to be the chocolate. But Wait, I mean, if they just use dark chocolate, why wouldn't it be plant-based? Oh, so it's the, I would assume it's the dairy within the milk chocolate. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that they put some dairy byproduct in the peanut butter to make it creamier. Yeah, good call. Uh, your twin, your doppelganger, uh, you've been in the business almost <laughs> as long as I've been alive. Thanks, Caitlin. Thanks a lot. Not on the Christmas card list. Uh, do you send holiday cards, Kristen? No. No. I don't. I don't have it that together. Yeah. Maybe someday. I used to think they were a waste, and then now I'm the old guy that loves seeing people's like kids and families and stuff. I love it because I have friends literally all over the world because of life circumstances and like seeing them on the fridge is so like so nice. Like I still have one of my friends like announcements that they were pregnant on the fridge that was part of their Christmas card because I'm just like I literally never see her. So I like it. I don't like that my uh, we've started taking like the image of me off of Christmas cards that I don't like people seeing me age on their fridge. <laughs> uh, pilot Jeremy weighs in just signed in want to be part of the conversation next week on first class uh, we can wait a couple weeks you're on vacation next week don't don't consume us when you're on vacation with your family please don't <laughs> subject your family to us uh, yeah speaking of which do you think that Dame is not watching this oh god I, don't, I mean here's the thing the show doesn't happen when I'm, I'm with all due respect when I'm not <laughs> working so i wouldn't but if it was i would never log on if you it was just you two all i mean i love you both but like i wouldn't log on well, you log on when you're not supposed to be and dame yeah. i dame's totally watching right now well and maybe that's the difference in i don't know what types of vacations but like i generally just like take a long weekend just so that i can start my weekend early that's really common for me so if i'm not here on a friday it might just be because I wanted to start my Friday early so I don't feel, but if I was on like a week long deal, I don't think that I would watch the show. I think it's different. I don't know. No one knows Kristen. Um, all right. <clears throat> you ready for Boam and news? Are you, do you have, did you write fun jokes like Dame does? I did not write fun jokes. I'm not funny. When Dame just... writes, when Dame does his news, like half the time I'm like, this sounds horrible. This guy, this is going to sound terrible. I'm like, oh, did no. someone else write that or is he writing that? I think that he gives himself that much time to think about the news because Dame is funny. You just got to give him a minute sometimes to be funny. And he comes up with some real zingers sometimes. So. He is funny. He is funny. That's funny. <laughs> I don't know why I said it in that voice. Let's move on. Um, okay. Let me get ready here. Old man. All right. Feeling pretty good about this this first one here. 
Oh no, it's just me guessing. Yeah, I know. That's 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 why right. <laughs> I win. <laughs> I get to win for once. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. In three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week, right here on the Pete the Planner show, is Aesop Avail Facial Sunscreen Lotion. Sunscreen isn't just for the summer, but it is just around the corner. Keep your face protected year-round with the Aesop Avail Facial Sunscreen Lotion. The lightweight formula provides SPF 25, or what us gingers call amateur hour, to the surface <laughs> of your skin to provide a broad spectrum shield against damaging rays at the same time. It also lays down a rich layer of hydration as well as the antioxidant benefits from green tea and vitamin E. Its quick absorption won't leave behind a greasy residue, just a fresh herbaceous aroma. Now, I am a little bit of a sunscreen expert. I, I just have to tell you, when you have the complexion of me, <laughs> you carry around a jar of Hellman's mayonnaise and spread it all on yourself at all times. Kristen, what is your relationship with, we, we are going to talk about your skincare regimen because I feel like your skin, this is creepy. It feels like your skin could take on a tan pretty easily. Yes, I do tan really easily and I take skin protection very seriously. I don't like tan. I try to keep sun off my face. So I do have a decent amount of exposure um, in this space. How many ounces is this? Okay, thank you for asking. A paltry 1.8 ounces, which... Oh, my. Yeah, I think that's 300 mils or something like that. Uh, it, it, it is travel... Oh, actually, 1.8 is super small. I think travel size is 3.8. 3. Yeah, it's like 3.4 or 3.8. So it's pretty small. 1.8. Okay, so this is half of what you're able to take on a plane. Mm -hmm. Half of what you're able to take on a plane. What do you think? I'm not familiar with this brand, which makes it a little hard. So I'm going to say 30. Okay. Can you imagine, just for a moment, you go to CVS just prior to getting your receipt, the size of the Dead Sea Scrolls, and you go to make a purchase for what is probably my thumb, a thumb-sized <laughs> bottle of sunscreen that's 25 on the SPF scale. And it's just arguably for your face. It's just for your face. Not even for the rest of this, this vessel that we call my temple. That was my body, Kristen. I was <laughs> referencing my body. I didn't want to make you throw up. You haven't <laughs> eaten lunch yet. $60. Mm, wow. $60. And like, I, I gotta be honest, soccer tournament this weekend upon uh, my return home today, I'm going to go into Kiv's also called CVS and I'm going to buy a spray bottle of SPF like 9 million and it's going to be like 13 bucks. And will I spray it on my face? Yeah, I will. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, it'll clog my lungs with with things and my eyes and my pores, but I'm not a model. I'm not a model. But is it actually protecting your skin, Pete? Yes, I don't burn. Also a, a, an important note here. I am going to be wearing pants and a long sleeve shirt <laughs> and a dad hat and a neck gaiter all weekend long in 79 degree weather during the sun of a soccer game this weekend. That's, you're, that's who I am. 
your sun or your skin thanks you for not exposing it to the sun. I would also like to say my wife benefits because I don't have random women just get so attracted to me in public based on that look that she doesn't have to worry about competition, if you know what I mean. That's a win for her. Yeah. Protecting your skin for the long term, not having to worry in the short term. Go Mrs. Planner. I feel like she would just carry around like a, a handbook on how, uh, like my, my instruction manual. And if someone shows interest, <laughs> she would just hand the book to like, good luck. <laughs> Take him, please. That's, that's incredible and very on brand. Yeah. Uh, what's in the news this week, Kristen? A uh, few things. The exact six-figure salary that Gen Z and millennials need to feel like they've made it. Do you want to take a guess? Family Feud? Yeah. Gen Z and millennials, how much do they have to... Wait, is it how much they have to tell people they make to know they've made it? How much do, like would their salary have to be for them to be like, I've made it. Okay. Gen Z first. The youngers. Oh, the youngers. Gosh, I'm going to be so on touch on this. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, Dane would be too. We're the same. This is this is how I feel when you do bomb, just so you know. Okay. Oh, boy. Well, how are how to think? Um, uh, geez. 150. It's 124. Okay. I almost said 125, and then I was like, well, that's weird. Okay. Um, And then millennials. Who are they? Older? Slightly older. I'm a very young millennial. So me and then like, I don't know, however long. 20 is it 15 years 20 years 175 120 what what um oh so, so they get more realistic correct See, the current <laughs> however the current median income is $69,717 so a far cry from them feeling as though they've made it bummer i i definitely i mean if we're being honest here which is we try to be there's numbers in in my head as to I uh, sort of make gross evaluations about my view of making it an income. I mean, right? I mean, I'm not yeah. going to uh, tell Maybe them to, you, but but I would say like <laughs> I, if I'm being honest, I do that too. Do you do that? Oh yeah. I okay. do that for sure. Um, there was a comment on the original news article that was one you said earlier. You were like, well, maybe we should check our privilege. There was a comment on that article that I'm sure you can only imagine um, that was like, maybe we should check our privilege before we make such comments. Which is also why I did not disclose my number because <laughs> I checked my privilege. What else is in the news? Low tax states gain residents from California and New York. IRS data show that low tax states attract people and billions of dollars moving from high tax states like California and New York. Um, findings show that more than 84,000 New Yorkers moved, moved to Florida, another state with no income tax. Florida gained over $11 billion in former New Yorkers alone. I know a handful of people who have made these sorts of moves that you've just described some for financial reasons. I mean, and if we're being as transparent as we, we aim to be a lot for political reasons too. Yeah. It's hard because I would like to think that if I had so much money that I was like legitimately concerned about the 12.3% tax rate in California, the highest rate that I would be like, you know what I've, I've, been I have made it I have the opportunity to be upset that this is my problem and live in San Diego where it's beautiful like all the time I would like to think that at some point I would have enough money that I would be satisfied with paying it to have 
to live like in San Diego, for example, but maybe not. It's not unusual to, uh, for professional athletes to choose a free agency mm -hmm. destination based on tax rate. I mean, that's a really common thing. And so this is just an extension of that of like, once you're in it and then you're like, ah, I, remote work is more of a thing. I can call in from wherever. Let's call in from wherever. So th this all tracks, right? Mm -hmm. Any other news stories this week, Kristen? Confessions of a shopaholic. Men are bigger spenders than women. Stereotypes suggest it's women who love to shop, but actually men spend men spend 40% more than women when shopping on a range of purchases. 100% agree. Do you? 100%. Oh, yeah. And their data supports it. Um, they were actually talking about, I had never heard of the lipstick index, which is where... Um, the theory is that sales of affordable luxuries rise in economic downturns because women try to present like they have it together and they were kind of trying to dismantle that. And the data supported that men actually do shop more than women. Yeah, I buy that. You know, like, here's the thing. If I'm going to buy something, like I will usually spend money in bigger chunks. Yep. I think, I, I think Mrs. Planner probably spends money more frequently but also, I mean, she, she's the one primarily buying stuff for the kids. It's all our money, by the way. I'm just saying <laughs> out of the account that she uses. And if I buy myself something, it's going to be a higher ticket item, but a lot less frequently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the data supports that too, that it's the, the individual purchases are higher ticket and it's more when they do. So, Well, Kristen, this was quite the pleasure uh, co-hosting your show with you this week. Thanks for allowing me to do so. To those listening, I offer you this. Simply good vibes. Because good vibes are all that's in the budget. Dame's back next week. I think I haven't looked at the spreadsheet. <laughs> I'm Pete the Planner. This is the Pete the Planner show. Kristen, can I gas you up a little bit here? Yeah. Um, excellent job. Thank you. Um, I was, uh, this is for everyone else now. So just shh and listen to me talk about you. Um, Kristen, uh, I was at an industry event this week. And at the industry event, so many people came up to me and said, I love Kristen. And I said, that is creepy. They said <laughs> they love the show. And one of their favorite parts of the show is what you bring to the show. And I love hearing compliments about my coworkers more than I like hearing them about myself these days. And so that made me very happy. So thank you for being such a big part of the show. Well, thank you for passing that on. That makes me feel good. I appreciate it. I love that you have fans. I love it. It it is very exciting. It I I fangirl really hard when I hear something that someone has said. I'll tell you a story off the air. Um, but when I hear something that someone else has said, I fangirl over them. So oh, I heard this story. Is it this week? This happened like in the last week here? Yeah, yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah, it it was a big deal. Yeah. Oh, let's just say it. I, you don't want to, I don't want to, because it was information given to me secondhand. Okay. So well, otherwise I would don't be professional. <laughs> um, Dame, if, as long as he does not get eaten by a bear, mm -hmm. he'll be back next week. That's good. I mean, if he did though, that'd be, a, it'd be a great pod. Us telling people about it. I, I feel like it'd be a lot of paperwork, but I feel like what? I feel like I'd have I, to do paperwork for his life insurance and stuff here, but it would be a good story. But then I would have to do the news in perpetuity, and I'm not really down for that. It's a lot of work. It's harder than you think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jeremy's right. Kristen's become a major Thank player, you. brings the vibe to the right spot.
Um, all right. Well, uh, here's what you can expect next week on the show. Uh, you can expect stories of Michigan. I will be in Michigan all week. Mm. And then the next week's going to get wild. Charleston and then Dallas. Mm-hmm. And I'll be with Aqua. So, you know, it's. Oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's it, y'all. Stay getting money.